Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. Uh, today, we, we have a fun one today. Lot, lots, of, lots of giggles, lots of laughs, a lot of chuckles on this one uh, with your attitude coach, Aaron Davis. This guy's a personal and professional uh, coach, development coach. He helps uh, people and businesses uh, change their attitude for the better. And I know you're like, what, 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 why is he on this episode? Let me tell you something. This is an amazing, incredible episode. Aaron Davis shares his personal story of uh, traumas and tragedies and how he's turned it around into an upward trajectory. Uh, he helps us find our why. He, 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 we break down how to saturate your mind with hope. Write that down. Saturate your mind with hope. We talk about how social distancing is a pandemic within a pandemic. Uh, we also get into why your why should make you cry. I know, I know. Hold up, write it down. Your why should make you cry. Uh, we also get into the feeling of disgust. Uh, we don't really, that's a word that's not really brought up much. It's not a feeling that's usually, you know, thrown around. We talk about shame and embarrassment, uh, anger, depression, but we don't really talk about disgust. And we're going to talk about why that is one of the best feelings you could ever have. I know. I know. I, I, that's what I'm saying. We also get into homework versus you work. What? 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 That's right. Homework versus you work. Uh, and we get into so much more. I mean, this was this was such a fun. It was like two brothers talking uh, on a stoop. Uh, and so, and like I said, go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly, Leo Flowers, because uh, I've been where you are. I'm still there. I'm, I'm still fighting a good fight. I'm still in the jungle with the machete, cutting back the, the bamboo leaves and fighting off the tigers and lions and 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 and, and, and fighting the anacondas and 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 looking out for baboons and monkeys, you know. I'm, I'm still in the trenches and in a jungle. I, I I feel you. I get it. And 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 I recognize that you know it's all about. People talk about take it day by day, but but the truth is we're talking about moment by moment, right? Like this morning could be a one vibe, and in the afternoon could be another, and the nighttime could be another thing. So it, this whole day by day is uh, it's, it's old school, moment by moment. And so I want you to go to thrivewithleo.com if if you struggle with mental pain and and you and and you want to feel uh, 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 like uh, energetic and enthusiasm and you want to feel vitality and 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 exuberance. Have you used that word exuberance before? If you haven't used that word exuberance, you definitely need to go to thrivewithleo.com. Uh, check me out, and let's get to tomorrow together. With that said, let's get into the episode. Aaron Davis. There we go, my man. That better? Oh, yeah. What's up, brother? Nothing much. How you doing, man? Man, you know, I'm, just, I'm over here making some uh, sweet potatoes in the oven, you know, trying to, trying to eat healthy. <laughs> hey, well, you can't go wrong with the yams. No, nah, man, no, nah, man, man. Let me tell you, uh, nobody told me how good uh, sweet potatoes with a little olive oil and salt is like it, it would have changed the game for me as a kid. You know what, man? I um, as a kid, because, you know, as black folks, man, we're going to eat them. 
But as a kid, I was looking at him like, man, I don't know. And then when I got to about a teenager, man, I just started killing him. Now, at 46, you know, it's like a cheap food, but it's healthy. It ain't even a cheap food. It's healthy. Yams are great for you. Yeah, you know? super nutrient dense, man. Yes. Super nutrient. So you 46 out here spreading 46, the word. 46, man. 46. I, How old are you, Leo? I'm 44. 44. From the Chi-Town. From Ch- That's right. Where you at? I'm in Nebraska, man. You, Nebraska? <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, bro. Every time I talk to some brothers for play sales, they go, Nebraska is like me and four others out here, man. Me and my three kids. <laughs> Yo, nah. what, what, what happened? The, the bus ran out of gas? Or like the... The flight had the plane had to make an emergency landing. What happened? How you end up? <laughs> See what happened? With <laughs> no man, my uh, my pops, my mom and dad, man, are from Pittsburgh, and they moved to Nebraska in '63. Because my dad was from. Um, I know you tour quite a bit, man. Pittsburgh's got an area called the Hill District, Homewood, and bruh, is rough. Is, I mean, it's rough. And they moved here in 63 because my dad's brother was murdered. Okay. And my dad's older brother got stationed out here in the military and, and told my pops, he says, hey, you know, you need to get out of Pittsburgh because my pops was in all sorts of mess, man. You know, it was just him and my mom. My oldest brother was just a, a baby at the time. And my oldest, my dad's brother got him out of Pittsburgh, moved to Nebraska. And I've been here ever since, man. You know. Ever since. Well, so that's well, how I got it, man. And, and you had, I have, a, I have, I have an a, echo going on. Is the, is the sound turned up too much on your? Let's try this. Uh, how hello? was that right there? Hello, hello. Ah, uh, perfect. How was okay, bet. I had some earphones in just to, my, my kid, I got old kids, man. So like I said, it's just me and my um, 16-year-old daughters here. My son moved back home, obviously, because camp is closed, so he's back at the crib, but they're all adults in their rooms and stuff. Wait, I actually, my ear- hold up. Go ahead put the headphones back in. Uh, there's some. There's not that, because even with the headphones out, it, it might be the volume is turned up too high, or... Let's try this. Okay, headphones back. And let me turn it down a little bit. How's this right here? Hello? Perfect. Yep. Perfect. That, that better right there? Yes, sir. Uh, can you turn it down just a little bit more? Okay. I don't know if you still be able to hear me. Oh yeah. Hear oh yeah. There we go. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. So it, you're in Nebraska. You had three sons. Uh. Are you? You're married. Two sons. My oldest son is a junior at the University of Nebraska, and then my middle son is a uh, sophomore at the University of Nebraska, and my daughter is a uh, sophomore in high school, and then my wife. Yeah, married my wife. Wow. And, and what are they studying? My oldest son, little, we call his name is Aiden, and everybody calls me AD. So we call him little AD. He is studying law and history. And then um, uh, my middle son, Keenan, is studying graphic design and business. And then my daughter, like I said, she's just a, a sophomore in high school. Now, it took, it took all my energy not to ask, man, I'm still getting the echo. What is that? That's- uh, is that better or worse? Hello, hello, hello. I hear you. 
All right, no, I'm just saying hello to see if there's an echo. Hello, hello? All right, no echo. Perfect. Oh, Perfect. Okay. Whatever you just did. Um, okay. But uh, Aaron Davis, I'm excited to have you on, man, because, you know, I'm, 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 I looked at your videos and I see, I see what you're doing. You're going around the world talking to, to people about how to change their attitude and, and how to make choices in life. Where, where did this, where, where was the motivation for this to, to, to help other people find their personal and professional why? You know what, Leo, this is something that I didn't think I was going to be doing, you know, and it's, it's, um, it's ironic that we connected in that this all started for the most part because one of my roommates, well, my roommate in college was murdered. Uh, domestic event, domestic violence, his girlfriend uh, killed him in our house. And obviously you can imagine the traumatic event that was. And I was asked to speak at an event, never done speaking before, but I was part of a national championship football team in Nebraska. And so they said, hey, as a former athlete, would you mind come talking to our kids about dealing with, you know, adversity? And I was like, nah, nah, <laughs> I'm not trying to go talk about that, you know. It's like, well, would you come just talk about being a part of a championship team? And I'm like, you know, I was a bench warmer. I wasn't a starter far from it. But they was like, you play for Nebraska. Because here in Nebraska, the old Nebraska football is our sport. There's no Division One teams besides Nebraska, University of Nebraska. There's no pro teams. So football is the basically the um, it's the front porch light to our state. So I agreed to do it. It was for some high school students. And I enjoyed it, man. Um, did it a few times, really didn't think about doing it as a career, didn't know much about it. Um, but then I really started to enjoy it because I see it was making an impact in, in lives, young people in particular at that time when I was speaking for, and then it changed from, uh, speaking for, you know, high school students to middle school, then it went to colleges. Um, and then I started speaking in corporate America for, uh, companies, associations, uh, and to various groups. And 90% of my audience are corporate associations and um, private groups and uh, high school and colleges still. And so it's, it's, it's a blessing, man. It really is, Leo. Just like when you can make people laugh, you know, laughter is a medicine, man. Because, you know, when you're in those audiences, each one of those folks comes in with other things on their mind. And you give them a break, a respite from the grind of life by making them laugh. And so if I figure I can give these people a respite to remind them of their reasons and their whys, then it, it feels good to do good, brother. It really does. It, man, I love that you said it feels good to do good. Yes, sir. Uh, because a, a lot of times we we get in our heads and, and we feel down and we, we, we're trying to like lay around and figure out the answer. And, and you know, maybe if I Netflix and chill, trying to, trying to find the solutions from the couch. Mm-hmm. And we have to get up. And like you said, we got to do good to feel good. But we're waiting to feel good to do good. That's right. That's right. That's right. And it's, you know, the thing about feeling good and just far as motivation, et cetera, it starts with the habits we have, man. You know, you can't have uh, negative habits and expect to have uh, to be energized. You know, so you have to to constantly guard your mind um, from a lot of this, especially right now, this in this pandemic we're dealing with right now. I mean, there's a lot of negative energy, a lot of negative uh, just bull that goes on. So you have to guard your mind. It's hard to feel good when you're listening to things uh, that bring you down, that beat you down. You know, the media at times, um, social media at times, depending on what you're tuning into. That's why shows like yours are so important because it builds the heart up. 
And when you feel good, you have more energy to do the things that make you feel good, man. So, so what are you tuning into, Aaron? I mean, it's, I, you know, everybody, I, I, I love to do it myself. I love to demonize the media and TV and social media, but it does have a place. But, but how, how do you recharge your batteries? What, what are you feeding yourself to, to build yourself up? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of social media. I'm a huge advocate because we got to stay informed as well. And to the news media, you got to stay informed, you know, so, but I don't just saturate myself uh, with just constant news, breaking story, breaking story, because rarely is a breaking story good news, you know, so I get my feel a little bit in the morning, you know, late morning, because I never start my day off watching news or anything like that. Uh, and I'll catch a little bit at night, but that's it. This is enough to stay informed. But as far as to keep my mind and spirits up, it shows like yours. Uh, it's different social media uh, sites that I check out that's uplifting. Um, I listen to a lot of YouTube uh, uh, channels, man. One I listen to is Inspiring Habits. It's just various talks and has a little music in the background. It's, it's basically just pep talks, man. Uh, I listen to um, a lot of Instagram. Before, uh, before 5 a.m. is one I look at quite a bit on Instagram. It's just different motivational things, man, ways to create habits, um, mindset. Um, and if me and you got acquainted uh, through, your, through our boy Amen, I started peeping yours out. I was laughing at your, uh, your scene about stretching. You're talking about stretching when you get 40 years old. That's right, so man. I, 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 love, I love comedy, man. So I look, I look a, lot, a lot of comedy. Old Chappelle skits, man. Uh, I watch a lot of Dave Chappelle, man. Uh, I, I look at stuff that, man, that makes me laugh that uplifts me. Now, that doesn't mean I'm ignoring what's going on in the world because I'm very up-to-date with what's going on in the world. And I form my own habits and opinion, my own opinions from that. But I just try to saturate my mind thing with things, Leo, that, uh, that inspire me, that motivate me, and more importantly, they give me hope. You know, I don't want to feed myself something that's just constantly got me down in the dumps, man. You know, it's hard to be optimistic and have energy when the things you're watching to are the very things that sap your energy. You know, so for me, it's comedy. And a lot of self-development, man. That's what I like to uh, tune into. But like I said, I catch my news to stay up to date, what's going on. But just daily having that thing running, man, I just can't do that, bro. Can't do it. I feel you. Is there a, is the mic hitting up against your shirt, or is there a bracelet or necklace, something jingling? Uh, I can't I can't tell if it's if it's hitting your shirt or a button. It might be on my shirt. Okay. I just stepped away, so it's not now. Oh, got you. Uh, you know, th that you talk about watching videos uh, before 5 a.m. There is some power in waking up early. Yes. Uh, that I, I found. I mean, can you speak to that? Oh, listen, Leo. I have a thing, especially during this pandemic. I got a routine, which is huge. We can touch on later. But I have a routine called 535. So at 530. I'm in my garage. I set up a little uh, weight room in my garage. I'm working out at 5.30, done at 6.15. But my alarm clock goes off between 4.30 and 4.45. Now, I'm not saying everybody has to do that. I mean, you have to do what, what, what you, the best routine for you. But there is something to be said about how much more productive you are when you're up early. Now, my early may not be, your, be yours and yours may not be mine. But when you're up and running and fresh, man, it starts the day off. Because when you can win your morning, you get a lot easier to win your day. When you can win your mornings, it's a lot easier to win your day, man. So I, I'm a huge proponent 
uh, an advocate, man, for uh, for being up early and getting things rolling, man. So when you wake up at 535 a.m. Uh, uh, or when you get out of bed at 535 a.m., like what's the first thing you're doing? Are, are you are you doing a gratitude? Are you praying? Are you are you uh, coffee? Like what's that first thing you're doing to get yourself up? Well, what I do, and I may prefer to explain to 535, I work out at 5.30 a.m., and then I work out again at 5 p.m., so I call it 5.35. So when I work out at 5.30, I'm up by 5, 4.45, 5 o'clock. When I first get up, Leo, the first thing I'm doing, man, I'm in my closet. I go in my closet, and I got a chair in there, and I already have my clothes laid out. And I purposely get my clothes laid out first because the more deterrence you can minimize— the better it is you'll stay up. Now, if I have to get up, wonder what I'm going to wear, it's too easy to get distracted and say, man, I'm going back to the bed. I'm tired. So I lay my clothes out the night before. I get my chair in my closet. Right away, I go to YouTube. Man, I'll plug in a Les Brown uh, video. I'll plug in uh, one of those inspiring habits one. Les Monroe is a Miles Monroe. I'm sorry, his name. He's got some great stuff on there. I mean, there's I mean, you, there's there's literally hundreds of thousands of uh, inspirational messages you can listen to. Um, so I listen to those while I'm getting dressed to get my head right. I'm down in my garage. I'm working out at 530. I'm done at 615 because I do a virtual workout for my gym. They offer these classes. I get done with my workout and I go into my quiet time, man. Have my cup of coffee, my journal time, my prayer time. I go over my day uh, from what I planned the night before. I shower and I'm back in my home office, man. I'm ready to roll, man. So it's a routine for me. Then I, I'm up here in my home office now, 4.45 p.m. I'll start getting my head right again and I'll go down to my garage at 5 o'clock and get another quick 35-minute workout in. That's my schedule. That doesn't mean it has to be your schedule or anybody else's, but that's my routine and it's imperative that people find their own routines. But that's why I call it 5.35. I work out at 5.30 a.m. and I do it again at 5 p.m. But the routine is what keeps me sharp, man. And I have my struggles just like anybody else does, brother. I mean that. I got to fight those daily battles just like everybody else. Yeah, because are, are you are you doing this on Saturday and Sunday? Is this a, a Monday, Wednesday? For like, It's a Monday through Saturday thing. Monday through Saturday. Monday through Saturday. Sunday, man, I don't work out. I let my body rest. Um, uh, have my quiet, you know, go to church. Well, now it's virtual services, man. So you know anybody going up in there anyway. But I'll do the virtual service. But Sunday is a day of rest. And I, I'm a huge advocate for taking time to rest. You know, in this day and age right now, Leo, we got folks talking about, you know, grind till you die and don't ever uh, rest or whatever. It's like, to me, that's that's just not wise, man. You know, uh, and I had to learn that the hard way uh, a few years back because I was just going and going and going about burnt, about killed myself, literally, you know, just from the stress and the travel and the. Uh, the go, go, go. You get that, man. I mean, it, it'll, it'll wear you out. So Sundays, man, is my day to just chill, chill. No working out. I'm usually up probably about, you know, 6.30 or 7. For me, that's sleeping in, you know. So you got to take that time to replenish too, man. Absolutely, man. You know, it's it's one of those underrated things that it's not romantic, it's not fancy to the recharge and and and, and renewing yourself. But but it's mandatory though. That's it's, right. It's required. That's right. When when you help people find their their why, what what do most people think their why is, and and what 
does it really turn out to be? Does that question make sense? You know what it does, Leo, in that it's like peeling an onion. People will say, well, my reasons are because I want a good job. Okay, that's good. You got a good job. But what does a good job provide? What does it do? Well, it helps me provide for my family. Well, how does that make you feel? Well, I like to provide for my family, give them opportunities I didn't have. Well, that's great. How does that make you feel? And I keep peeling that onion further and further back, regardless if they have a family or not. See, the thing about your reasons, and I've always said this, and reasons, as you know, are synonymous with why. When your reasons are strong, it weakens your excuses. I've always believed that. When you have strong reasons, it'll weaken your excuses. Working out for me, I have strong reasons. What are my reasons? I want to be healthy for my wife and my kids. I know we got high blood pressure, which is huge in our family. I know the fact because when I wasn't taking care of myself the best way, when I wasn't taking that time to refuel and replenish, it about took me out of here. So my reasons are very strong for me to work out. So it make, it weakens my excuses. So I encourage people, you have to find a reason a very strong reason. In fact, your reasons, uh, dang near should make you cry because they're so, so strong. Your re- reasons, and it's like you're, you've heard that saying before, Leo, your why should dang near make you cry, man. It's got to be that strong. It's got to be that strong. Because if the why isn't strong, every blow of the wind will have you go in a different direction, man. Your, your why should I'm make a, you cry. Why should dang near make you cry? It's got to be that strong, man. It's got to be that, that strong. If not, you get distracted real easy. You'll, you'll give up when it gets tough. You'll give up when it gets tough. Yeah, because when you really get to the, the true why, it's, it's so revelatory. It's so, it, it's almost so, it, it's, it, it gets real quiet in the room when, mm. when we get to the source of it. You know, it's like you see two people arguing and they're going back and forth and this and that and that and this and this and that. And then, and then at some point, the 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 essence of of why they're having this argument is is revealed and unearthed and then it gets real quiet <laughs> right yeah. you know <laughs> you get a, you, that's when you hit the nerve yeah. when you yeah, hit when the you nerve, the nerve. <laughs> and you know what bro and leo that's when the real work can be done that's when the real work takes place until you hit the nerve of an issue of your why of your reasons Man, you're just talking fluff. You're just going back and forth. You're arguing, and uh, you're dealing with the stuff that really doesn't have a hell of a lot to do with the main issue in the first place. But when you hit the nerve of your why, of an argument, that's when the real work takes place. you got to get down to the core of the issue, the nerve of it, and figure out what is my why. When you hit the why, it'll, it'll touch you emotionally, and it'll touch the core of your soul when the why is really there. And you'll know it. You'll know it because you'll feel different. Yeah, I mean, now I, I want to peel back the layer on, on the on the question that you ask. You know, you're asking. Uh, you know, they give you an answer, and they go, "Well, you know, I I, I want to lose weight," and then you say, "Like, all right, well, how does that make you feel?" And then you go, uh, "Blah blah blah." Well, how does that make you feel? Why is that the question to help them peel back the layers? The how. Does it make you feel versus, um, you know, anything else? You know, I think we say, how does that make you feel? Because you keep peeling that onion back by asking open-ended questions. 
you know, and when you ask, okay, well, how is that going to make you feel? What would your life look like if you did that? Then you have them explain, okay, that's great. You reached that level. And then how would your life, how would you feel when you reach that? How would your life look like that? You've got to keep people thinking in the, you got to give them, give them snapshots of the whole picture. Keep having them open up so they can broaden their perspective on what their life really could look like. You know, so you got to keep asking why. So why, how would that make you feel? How would it make you feel to have that job? How would it feel you to make you feel to start that business, to write that book, to finish that degree, to be a great dad, a great mom, a great parent, um, a great child? You got to keep asking why and say, well, how would that make you feel knowing that you accomplished and you got that master's? How would it make you feel to know that you got that nursing degree? How would it make you feel to know that you landed that job at that, um, at that company, that factory you wanted? And you keep going from there. You keep going. You keep peeling it back. Because as they're answering the questions, they're also proving to themselves and showing to themselves, you know what? Not only am I capable of doing this, I'm capable of feeling that way if I'm willing to put in the work to get there. So you want to keep peeling the onion back on them so they don't get caught up. Because when you want something, when you really want something, and I truly believe this, you're looking at the thing you want, not at the things that are going to prevent you from doing it. You know, many times, man, if I really want something to eat, Leo, at a restaurant I'm thinking about, sometimes my kids will say, Dad, man, that line is too long. I'm like, well, the, no, no, the line's not too long. I said, I want this. Well, the line's too long. That's the same thing in life for a lot of folks. They want something, but they don't want to wait in the line or take the time to put in the work to get it. Now, I know that's a very easy rudimentary example, but it's the bare truth. We want something so long, but we get too often we get sidetracked with looking at the line or the process or the, the work is going to take. And I tell them, you don't want it bad enough then. When you want something, you will stand in that line of work, of diligence, and peeling back that onion if you want it bad enough. Lil, you think about you and comedy, man. That is not an easy career to get into. You know, but you know, you've busted your tail off and you traveled all over the place because you wanted it bad. If it wasn't located right there in the sky where you grew up at, and I know you're someplace else now, but you had to hustle. You had to bust your tail off. Perform some place you may not want to perform at. You know, but when you want something bad enough, you're willing to wait in that line and do the work. Man, it's so true because I had to stand in line the other day at Trader Joe's for 90 minutes just to get some dried mangoes. Man, and, and when I tell you there was no deterrence, like I, I didn't care how long I was going to have to wait. I was like, I'm standing in this line. I got to get me some dried mangoes. Nobody understand this. This is between me and my mangoes. And... <laughs> And, and if this if this is if this is my last day on earth, so be it. I I, I clicked through all of that. I clicked through everything, and I was I was willing to to rack up ninety minutes in line at Trader Joe's to to feed. And and we do that, man, for food. We think about the you know people waking up in the middle of the night to go get Taco Bell or go yes. get alcohol. Look at all the things that we disrupt our sleep for, our recovery for. To, right. to, to, to watch an extra episode of, of Ozark or Narcos or, or whatever it is. So it, it, we have the energy. We have the chutzpah. We, we have the That's vitality right. and the endurance. It's like, well, how are you channeling that? And, and if, like you said, that why is, is so powerful to, to, yes. to click down to that. You know, 
you just mentioned, and, I, and it's funny how you said it, you was like nothing was going to deter you from getting those mangoes. And you look, I, there's times I look at my life, Leo, to where I look, look at the dedication and like you said, the disruption I've caused in my life to get something that really didn't matter. But yet at times in my life where it really mattered, I didn't have that same tenacity. I didn't have that same fortitude, that same discipline. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and and you talk about, I want to click back a little bit because you talked about feelings. Uh, you know, I really want to un- unpack that a little bit more because it's like, how does that make you feel? Why why are feelings so important to in terms of linking our why to our feeling? You know, the feeling, the thing about it, when you think, when you link it back to your feelings, you know, a person knows when they're not reach when they're not living up to their uh, their full potential. You can feel it. You can absolutely feel it. Uh, and it shows in your behavior and it shows in your habits. When you know that you're busting your tail off towards your why and everybody's whys are different. That's why I hate the term motivational speaker. Motivation, man, is like eating a Twinkie when you're hungry. You know, it'll last for me 10 minutes, but then after that, you're hungry again. You know, so I don't like the word motivation. I like the word when you dig back and look at their feelings. Man, a person can feel when they're not living up their potential. They can feel it. So I don't have to motivate them. I just have to inspire them enough to look within and say, how does this make you feel to do something you know that you don't enjoy doing or something that you know that you uh, you were meant to do something else? How does it make you feel to be living a life that you weren't that you weren't supposed to live right now? And what I mean by that is you're lo- you're living way below that you're way below your standards and your abilities. How does that make you feel? Oh, man, every day AD, I get up and I just I feel I feel lost, man. I, I feel depressed. And I say. Once you change how you feel, meaning in that feeling, here's the biggest thing for it, Leo. Your life won't change until those feelings say, I am disgusted. See, disgust is a strong feeling, bro. It's a strong feeling. Because, see, until you get sick and tired of feeling, there's that word again, of feeling sick and tired, nothing will change. There's many people just, you know, they're not disgusted. Yeah, they're not sick and tired. But when you feel disgusted and you feel I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, you change. You can be tired. A person will be tired and say, man, I can't, I hate my life. And they'll just keep living that way. They're not disgusted enough. The feelings aren't strong enough for them to change. See, when your I shoulds turn into your musts, things will change. See, if you just feel, yeah, I should do this. Okay, that's fine. When your shoulds turn into musts, when you start feeling, I must do this, I must get this done, your life will change. What I love about that is so many people out there, are, so many of us are struggling with feeling lonely and, and feeling like a, a burden and, 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 and it makes us sad and, and despondent. But, when we, but what I love about that word disgusted it actually is invigorating. I, I could I could feel it like just to even say it, just to hear someone says like I'm disgusted. Like th- that that makes me want to change and turn the ship around. And, right. and 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 you know what I'm saying? Like like put 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 my clothes on and wake up at at five a.m. Mm-hmm. and and then lay the clothes out the night before and 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 be like uh, this is I have to do this because mm-hmm. and, and it it. You're absolutely right. When you have it in your mind of something, 
you have to do. You feel differently. Your shoulders get peeled back. Your chest That's sticks right. out a little bit different, you know, and, and, and your voice gets a, a, you start speaking from your diaphragm and your, and your gut. <laughs> you start, you start the, 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 the bass and, and all that starts coming up from the toes through the hips and, 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 and your small and large intestines, you know. <laughs> all of a sudden pe- people in other countries can he- can hear you make proclamations you know what i mean <laughs> that's so, right <laughs> that that feeling of disgust i love that because you're right when when people go man i'm i'm tired of upset like like there's there's nothing uh uh there's nothing empowering or or ener- or it, there's no there's no there's no vibrancy to those words but disgusted like when somebody says I'm disgust, like that that changes things, you know, everything. changes everything. When when you talk about helping people develop personally and and and, and growth and and you start with the why. Once we get to the why, we we peel back the why and we connect it to a feeling. What, what's our next step? You know, once you have that why, I mean, you've done some. Uh, your homework, and you've done some you work. And I say it, call it you work because you got to work on you. Um, and once you've done that, your feelings change, and so therefore your habits begin to change. And when your habits change, your life will change big time. Because all of us, you know, there's a poem that I love, you know, in Habits, Leo, and it's called The Habit Poem. And it says, I am your constant companion. I am your greatest helper or your heaviest burden. I will push you onward or drag you down to failure. I'm completely at your command. Half the things you do, you might as well turn them over to me, and I will do them quickly and correctly. I'm easily managed. You must be firm with me. Show me exactly how you want something done, and after a few lessons, I will do it automatically. For instance, me getting up for 45, usually no alarm clock. I am the servant of all great men and women and of all failures as well. Those who are great, I have made great. Those who are failures, I have made failures. I am not a machine, though I work with the precision of a machine plus the intelligence of a person. You may run me for profit or run me for ruin. It makes no difference to me. Take me, train me, be firm with me, and I'll place the world at your feet. Be easy with me, and I will destroy you. Who am I? I am a habit. Woo! Powerful poem, man, ain't it, bro? Be easy <laughs> with me, and I will destroy you? Destroy you. <laughs> and you think, about our, you think about our bad habits. I got a lot of them, bro. And I used to have a lot more. But I think about my bad habits, and I'm thinking... Yep. If I am easy with those bad habits, they will kill me. They will kill me. Destroy me. It's powerful, bro. Can 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 we unpack that a little bit when we talk about? Let's <laughs> do <laughs> it. Because <laughs> I mean, I, I have I have I have bad habits, right? Like I like do. like I I will I will uh, watch at you know I'll watch too much TV. I'm scrolling through the social media too much. I'm saying yes to too many things. Yes. Um, 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 navigating without a, just 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 going with the flow all the time, or I'm, I'm either 
I'm either a thousand percent in or I'm, I'm completely shut down and, I, and I'm not I'm not playing with the with the gray areas. I have, I have tons of bad habits from from food to, mm-hmm. to, to all these things. And you're you're right. These these tiny habits. And now now can we break down what a habit is exactly for people who because uh, there's there's a habit and then there are routines and their systems. What, what's a habit? You know, there is a lot of people call habits different things. You know, just like you mentioned right there. Some people say, I got a bad habit. I got a good habit. Habits are just behaviors repeated. That's all it is. It's a pattern of behaviors. That's all habits are. It's just behavior patterns that are regularly repeated. And I think sometimes we make it too complicated, but it's just something you practice. And that's that's another word for saying habits. It's something you practice. And the reason why it became a habit is because you practice that behavior. It's just behaviors repeated and practiced. For instance, you know, Leo, I've been done playing football, man, for, let me see, 26 years. Okay, 26 years. And I played wide receiver. And in order to get off the line of scrimmage, to play, you know, we had to do certain moves to, get to, to, you know, to evade the defense. When I'm walking through the airport, <laughs> I can still see myself saying, Okay, I'd make this move on this cat right here. I'm, I'm like, dude, you're 46 years old. What are you thinking about? Why are you even going there? You, you like OJ for, in that commercial? That's right. <laughs> commercial, man. That hurts. <laughs> because it's a habit. Because it's something I did for five years almost every day. Almost every day. Think about if you did something almost every day for five years. Think about it at the very rudimentary level. Me and you, because we've done it so many times, we don't say, okay, I'm going to tie my shoe now. I'm going to put my left hand or my right. I don't even know what hand goes over which hand when I tie my shoes. Because we've done it so many times. And that's something as rudimentary as tying our shoes. We don't, tell, we don't look down and walk because we've done it so many times. And just like we formed the habit when we were younger of tying our shoes, there were other habits we picked up and learned as well. Because we repeatedly do them. Habits are simply things you repeatedly do over a period of time to where you do them and you're totally unconscious of even doing it. So when we're talking about changing habits, like, you know, you know, a lot of people struggle with with food and, and, and addiction. And it, or is it is it wise to change them all at one time? Like, mm-hmm. like how do we, you know, we start with the why. We connect the why to the feelings, mm-hmm. and 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 then and 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 then we're looking at habits, right? Right. How, so how how do we incorporate that into the change? You know, when you know before we talked about the why, you know that you feel a different you feel a different way, and because you feel a different way, you're going to act a certain. You're going to change your behavior, which means your habits have changed, which changed your behavior. The way that you deal with that is, to me, when people say, should I do three or four different things at a time, you know, as far as what change? No, no, no. I say, folks, focus on one habit at a time, whether it's destroying one or whether it's developing one. Because too many at a time, you're going to fail. That's just the bottom line. You're not going to accomplish it. So you got to take those habits one at a time. And you got to do it gradually. So, for instance, I lost my mom in 2014, totally unexpectedly, Leo. And, bro, I was burning the candle at both ends, man, at both ends, because I was grief, you know, just from your show. 
um, you talk about, I man, grief, grief is brutal. And grief can, can help you establish some bad habits. You know, so what I did instead of grieving, I just worked harder. I traveled more, wasn't taking care of my body, wasn't working out. Um, and just being honest with you, Leo, man, was drinking too much. Just being real, you know, because I wanted to be numb. I didn't want to think, think about anything. So I'd get on stage like everything was fine. Everything's fine. And I'm saying that, you know, saying that, but metaphorically, I was standing in a dumpster fire of destruction, you know. Um, so I so I realized after I find, I said, OK, I need to get some help. And I started seeing my grief counselor, man. Started seeing a grief counselor. And to all your listeners out there, it doesn't make you weak to get help. No, it makes you wise to go get help. If I'm in a, if I'm drowning in the ocean and somebody throws me a life preserver and I'm saying, no, I got this. That's not, that's not, that's not wise. That's foolish. Doesn't make you strong. It makes you foolish to do that. And so when I said enough was enough and I was disgusted, and there's that word again, when I became disgusted with how my habits were destroying me, I said enough was enough. I had to get some help. And I got some help. I started seeing a grief counselor. And so my, because I started to feel different. And I started going back to my why, and because I went back to my why, I started to feel different. So therefore, my habits began to change. And I was used to getting up, you know, 6.30, 6.45. And I know for me, I was like, I need to be up earlier than this. For me, that's not for everybody, but for me. So I didn't say, okay, from 6.30, I'm going to start getting up at 4. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's, not, that's not sustainable because you're shocking your body a little too much. I said, okay. And this is just my personal opinion on this, Leo. I started bumping it back every week, 15, 20 minutes to where 630 became 605 or 605 became 550, 550 became so with 530 and so forth until I got to 434, 45. And I don't think about it anymore. Did that happen overnight? No, it took time. And that was the only habit I worked on at that time. That was like major, you know, physically, if you would. But it took some time to establish those habits, man. So now. You know, years later, man, I'm cute. Like I said, I'm all, I still wake up. My body just wakes up between 4.30, 4.45, and it's on Sunday. I'm like, nah, bro, we got two or three more hours. I just lay it back down, you know? But Monday through Saturday, I'm up. But that was a habit that took time to form. Aaron, as you're saying this, I'm thinking about your wife. That hmm. alarm going off at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> Son, <laughs> what? Hey, fam. But hey, here, check it out, though, fam. Here's the, here's the powerful thing about habits, though, especially if you're in a relationship. And I don't know a lot about relationships, and I, I, I keep trying to learn, like everybody else does. Been married for twenty plus years, and love my wife. It's an amazing lady, man. But when you're establishing habits, you're also creating habits in those you're around because they're learning your habits as you're learning them. So just as I was getting up at 4.30 and getting used to it, she was getting used to hearing the alarm and not even bothering her. See, if, you, if I was to move right now, Leo, if you were to move, and you moved right next to a, a busy railroad track section, railroad, railroad uh, area, and there's trains going constantly, you know, first month or two, you'll be like, dang, man, these trains are bugging. I can't get to sleep. Give you about 30, 45 days, Leo, you won't. Don't even hear the trains anymore because you've been trained. Your body's been trained. You've adjusted. You've established a habit of behavior to where that's just normal to you. And such it is with my wife. Now, she's up early working out, too. She didn't get up time. She could use get about 530 or so. But she's, she's heard that alarm so long 
it doesn't even bother her. You know, that makes sense. I used to live close to uh, to the airport and all I would hear the planes it's just going by every 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 couple minutes. And, and I got to tell you, like within a week, I, I, I didn't even notice it. I was like, did, did, I was like, did they move the airport? What happened? <laughs> hey, but you know what, Leo, check this out, though. That can also be a dangerous thing, too, because you think about this, man, from a, a growth perspective. When someone sees you going down a wrong path or uh, doing something that is harming you, yourself personally, and maybe not even not nothing crazy, but just maybe just a habit or characteristic or something. After a while, they've said it so much, it doesn't even phase you anymore. That's why I tell people. Stop being in people's ear all the time. If you said it once or twice, they heard you the first or second time. They have to get to the point to where they want to make that change. You can talk. In fact, all you're going to do is irritate them after a while because they become just like that train or that airport. You don't even hear them no more. So that's why, even with my kids, my, my kids and my friends, if there's something that needs to be done, if they say it to me, if they know off that first or second time that I'm not paying attention to it, they don't even say anything anymore. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't mean that you don't love them, but at the end of the day, they have to reach that level of disgust for themselves. You know, that's why when people are going through, you see the, in those TV shows, uh, uh, Intervention, you know, I like watching that show too at times, man. And then people, the people really don't make, the ones that make it successfully are the ones that finally heard it for themselves internally, those feelings again. Because we can talk until we're blue in the face, but if they're not ready to make that change, it doesn't matter. So again, they have to want to change those habits. Well, you know, what's powerful about what you just said is uh, I, you know, I just had uh, Lori Gottlieb on a podcast um, and she was talking about how therapy is over because she's a psychotherapist. Uh, mm-hmm. But she said therapy is over once you start to hear the therapist words in your head. Mm. And, and, it, and it links into what you were just saying of it's the people who change are the ones who start to hear it, but, but they start to hear it in their head. It starts to resonate. It starts mm-hmm. to like when they go to make decisions, like they, they, they hear that, that, that other voice, you know, they, they, they hear their mentor, their teacher, their, their coach, the speaker. That's powerful. And, and you know, that's, what's powerful about you waking up every morning and listening to, 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 to Les Brown and, and miles. Like you start to, you start to hear their voices in your head. That's when you're right. going to make decisions. That's right. You know what, Leo? It's powerful, man, in that you bring that up. Because that's a powerful statement. She said the therapy's over once you hear the therapist in your head, or whoever that person may be who's had an influence on you or has worked with you. I had, this was when about two and a half years, man, from about 2014, 2014 to 2016, just in a very, you know, just missed my mom like crazy, man, and was very depressed mad, bitter. And I remember waking up because I thought, I, I swear, I thought my mom was in my room. And I'm the youngest out of six kids. And I was fortunate enough to have a great relationship with my parents. And I'm very tight knit home. I'm the youngest out of six. Uh, didn't have squat growing up. We had, we had mom and dad in love. And, you know, as you know, that's all you need, man. We had that upbringing that was solid. And I appreciate and thank God for that. But I woke up and I thought my mom was right there. And Leo, she said, baby boy, it's time to get up and start living. Wake up. 
bro, my life literally changed that morning. And I've not looked back. Because I, I said something on my, my post a few week, few days ago, I believe it was now. Because my brother was killed in 2009. And I remember I just was dead devastated because he was my oldest brother. You know, I'm the baby. So there was that bond, you know, and, and I just was handling it. I'm just not, I just, I'm not good with grief, bro. You know, I've, I'm constantly something I have to work on. Just not good with grief. So I've had to work on that. And I was just having a hard time. And she says, baby boy, when I die, I don't want you getting his grave with me. Don't you dare get in his grave with me. And so all those things stuck with me. And then when I heard it in my head that morning, Leo, my life changed. Just like the, your guest said, when therapy is over, once you start hearing the therapist or that person of influence in your head, and my life changed again, man. Wow. When I die, don't you dare get in his grave with Don't him. you dare. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, black mama said she's going to say it with some oomph. That's right. That's right. <laughs> strong eye contact. That's right. It's, oh, talk about quiet. <laughs> don't you dare get this <laughs> don't you dare <laughs> let me ask you uh you know you were talking about grief and struggling with grief and it, you know there's there's five stages they just released the sixth stage of grief finding meaning what, what stage do you get stuck at you know I think for me, it was just the acceptance of it. Hmm. That was um, that was tough for me, bro. Because I don't want to say it. I didn't deny. I mean, I can't say I was necessarily stuck in the denial, but although I was, when you really think about it, um, because I knew it happened, uh, I would probably say I hung out quite a bit with in the anger stage you know denial wasn't i mean i knew that it happened for me it was the anger uh i didn't do a lot of bargaining i mean i was from my my own conviction spiritual convictions i knew that you know you know god's will is gonna be god's will you know so i didn't really you know i know that's different for everyone but i never really got caught up in the bargaining stage i got caught up more in just the anger and the depression i was just pissed pissed at the world I was pissed at myself um, because my mom, our last conversation wasn't the best one. And what I mean by that, there was no disrespect because I never disrespected my mom talking to her on the phone or in person. I just wasn't tolerated from birth to whatever, unless you want to get to your grave early. <laughs> you know, so that, that had never happened. Right. But she said some truths to me, man, that bothered me because I was working a lot. I was traveling too much and it was taking a toll on the family. And my mom was just sharing with not preaching to me. Not, uh, not loud. I mean, it was a very good conversation, but Leo in my heart, I knew I received it the wrong way. If you know what I'm saying? I knew I was harboring up frustration and anger. I was like, mom, I appreciate you being concerned. You, you know, when your mom calls or you know, grandma calls, you really ain't trying to hear it, but mom, I got to go. I love you. I'll call you later. So that happened on September, uh, 16th when she had that call. And I was, you know, I was busy working and uh, traveling, I said, Mom, I appreciate it. Because in my head, I'm like, Mom, I really ain't trying to hear this. You know, that's what I'm saying in my head. I didn't say it to her. I said, Mom, I love you. I talked to you. You know, and I was rushed. I was very rushed talking to her on the phone. 17th of September comes along and I'm busy, clients, etc. On the 18th, I'm actually golfing with some clients, Leo. 10 missed phone calls from my pops, my dad, and my mom had passed away on September 18th. 
and never, never did call her back. So that haunt, hence why the grief beat me up so bad, because I knew in my heart, I, I didn't call her back because I was pissed because I didn't want to hear what she had to say. And so that took some serious time for me to deal with, man. And so I was really stuck in that anger stage of grief because I was, I was angry at myself. I was pissed at God. I'm thinking, man, I'm mad. And then I kind of skipped the bargaining, if you would, and went right to the depression stage because just thinking, you know, I'd, again, I'd get on stage I'm like, oh, everything's cool. I'm great. And it took me a while to get to the acceptance stage, man. It took me almost over a year before I even went to my mom's gravesite, you know. And Leo, from where I'm sitting right now in my home office, I could be at my mom's gravesite literally in five minutes or less. And I would not go over there because I was so depressed, guilt, uh, regretful. Um, so, yeah, man, I was in a bad spot, brother. But I was, I was stuck in that anger and depression area, man. I really was. It took me a while to get to the acceptance phase. Yeah, it, it's it's you know being in an anger stage. There's something um, comfortable about it sometimes. Yeah, right. It's a great way to say it. It's very comforting. It's like I'm angry, and and it it gives you a sense of entitlement. Like I'm entitled to be angry, mm-hmm. and uh, and and it it's there's something um it it kind of gets the juices going, and and it gives you something to to anchor yourself to it and so that you don't have to grow and, and really reflect and really feel what's happening. There, there's, 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 yeah, there's just something in anger that we love. And, and part of it too, is when we watch, you know, all the, all the messages we receive it, anger just looks like it's fun. You get to throw stuff out the window and, and, and people just kind of <laughs> let you, people let you be angry, right? Like you get, they're like, Oh yeah, he, he, he angry. Cause it's, you know, Mom, you know, whatever, whatever happened, like it's ex- it's an acceptable emotion, but but sadness. People don't really know how to how to be around it. That's true, right? Yeah. When we don't know how to be around hurt, we don't know how to be around tears. Mm-hmm. Anger, we get you angry. I'm angry too. Are you all right? Let's turn up, you know. But right. nobody's like, let's 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 turn down. Let's feel our emotions. Let's just sit mm-hmm. in this for it. Like mm-hmm. like that's not. Is not is not sexy. It's not That's romantic. Right. That's right. That's what you just said, bro. It's so true, Leo. In, in in so many ways that people don't know how to. You think about those awkward situations where a friend of yours lose a loved one, and people say things because they always just think it's it's what you want to hear, or they just don't know what to say. They just uncomfortable. Like, well, he or she's in a better place. I, you know, I didn't understand that. Until I lost someone, you know, my brother, my mom. Um, and I know people mean well. I know it's not come up from a place of malice. I think it's come up from a place of more just, like you mentioned, awkwardness and even a slightly ignorance of just knowing I don't want them in a better place. I want them here. And when you're in that anger stage and somebody says that, oh, Leo, I'll be honest with you, man. I used to light folks up when they would say that to me, man. I'd light them up. Yeah, because well, a better, a better place. place. What? <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> like you telling me like she she was she didn't like me she didn't want to be exactly. around me like like yeah. those are so those are damaging words yes yes and the thing about anger something that doesn't sit well with you when you're not angry is going to be blown up to epic proportions when you are angry i mean it it just exacerbates it i mean it just blows it up so they can say something you're not even mad, 
or have that anger, especially if it's something that deals with a loss, grief. If you're not dealing with that, it's like, oh, man, I, I see where you're coming from. Man, if you're angry, everything is blown up out of proportion. Nothing's rational because you're not thinking or feeling rational. So everything is irrational to you that someone says to you, even if it comes from the most sincerest place of their heart, it's irrational to you because you're feeling irrational. Your anger is out of control. Well, you know, and, and, and the other part of that is it gives us permission to, 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 to be angry about all the things we've been angry about. Yeah. Right. Brother. Like, like we get to, we get to like, oh yeah, here we go. It's time to Hulk out for about a year. You know, when I was eight, do you remember when I was eight? Let me tell you about when I was eight, when I was 12, remember 12? Oh yeah. I remember, I remember what happened. Remember 13, my birthday. Okay. 15. I'm going to wrap that all up in, in this loss right here. <laughs> right. That's what we do. It's, it, it's like, you know, in a relationship, somebody cheat and then they use it as a, as a reason to just blow up every, like, like, oh yeah, here we go. I'm so glad you cheated because now I get to tell you all the things. You That's know? right. <laughs> I got a cache of complaints. I'm about to yeah, yeah. I'm about, oh, yeah, yeah, about to cash in these chips I've been holding on, you know? <laughs> it's the truth, man. It is the truth. It is the truth. It caused a lot of, a lot of problems, man. And to your, to, and back to your question, man. Yeah, ang- I was I was stuck in anger and depression for a long time, man. And it cost me a lot, bro. It cost me a lot. So to your listeners out there, man, I encourage you uh, to seek the help that you need uh, in dealing with loss or grief. I mean, look at this pandemic we're dealing with right now. This it, people are grieving, you know. I, and quite honestly, Leo, I believe that the social distancing itself is a pandemic within a pandemic, man. You know, I mean, not being able to have human interaction. You think about the folks that really don't have a lot of family. Maybe they're living in a town where they don't have a a lot of family around and they're by themselves. Man, the mind will play a lot of tricks on them when you're dealing with something this stressful and plus you're isolated. I mean, that's like a double whammy. So mental health is, is a huge deal. That's why all my posts, man, I always put the numbers to the, the suicide prevention hotline to the mental wellness uh, hotline numbers because people are out there hurting, man. People are struggling, man. That's the reality. Yeah, man, I, I love that you you said that social distancing is a pandemic within a pandemic. I, mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought of it like that. It's, it's yeah, real man. fascinating. Um, Aaron Davis, uh, this has been such a great conversation. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that that we should share, that we should talk about. Anything we didn't we didn't throw out there on the table? Not that I can think of, my man. Not that I can think of. I mean, I was just, I'm full from our time together, man. I mean, yeah. literally, I've taken notes on some of the things you said, a lot, a lot of the things you said that I got to go back over and really, really chew on that has really uplifted me. Like, I mean, you, a lot of things you said, Leo, man, I really appreciate it, brother, because it was, and I uh, uh, I know your listeners uh, are better because of listening to you. I know they grow because they're listening. They definitely laugh because uh, <laughs> I'm not going to think the same about a mango ever again, man. <laughs> 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 yeah, so <laughs> I just hope and 
pray that you continue, man, lending your voice to the masses and uh, making us laugh, making us smile uh, and making us think, brother. I mean that. Aaron Davis, thank you so much. Uh, plug all your things, Aaron. Where, where can they find you? Get a hold of you. Be shameless. Yes, if you go to um, uh, my website, is aarondavis.co. I did that's .co, not .com, and it's aarondavis.co. Uh, my Instagram handle is Aaron Davis Attitude Expert. Instagram is Aaron Davis Attitude Expert. My Twitter handle is acdavisco. A.C. Davis C.O. If you just go to Aaron Davis, you'll find it there, too. Uh, LinkedIn, it's just Aaron Davis. And uh, Facebook, if you go to Aaron Davis Presentations, is my business page as well. Um, so and all my contact numbers are on the website as well, aarondavis.co. So and you made it as hard as possible for people to find you. You ain't got no dot .com. You got a separate <laughs> handle for everything. <laughs> you like Aaron D dot UK forward slash Twitter at <laughs> on Twitter handle. You said that. I mean, literally, literally, bro. And I maybe think of something else too, real quick. But I literally on my my Twitter handle because Aaron is such a common name, and so is Davis. So on Twitter, I'm going to change it to Aaron Davis Attitude Expert as well. So I'm going to change that. So my Twitter and Instagram will be the same, and my LinkedIn will be the same. Uh, and I'll say this as far as the reason why my name, AaronDavis.com, uh, got stolen. Bro, Leo, I, the company I was with at the time that was my provider did not send me a notification that it was up because I had it for like five years, every five years. I was at, I finally, it wasn't, something was going wrong with it. They said, well, it expired and somebody bought it and squatted on it. And Leo. Oh, wow. Bro, yeah, yeah. And say, so, yeah, you can have it back for 15 grand. I'm like, bro, you can keep that. Come on. <laughs> you can keep that. <laughs> 15 grand to buy my own name back. I'm like, nah, bro, you can go ahead and keep that. I'll just go to .co. Yeah. You know, I'll change one letter is not worth $15,000. <laughs> Nah. Nah. nah, nah. Hey, I want to say this though, Leo, real yes, fast. Sir. And I sent this to uh, to Amen seven years ago today. And it, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna send this to you. So when you get a chance, text me your your uh, info. I got your info. I'll send this to you. Came up on my Facebook memories today, seven years ago today, bro. That my boy, my college buddy, one of my uh, he was like a big brother, committed suicide seven years ago. Go today, bro. I texted it to Amen. He'll send it to you. It, it screenshotted it for you. I'm like, literally had goosebumps. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Successful attorney, uh, good sharp brother too, man. I just someone I would never expect, and he was silently suffering. So we gotta look out for our friends. We gotta keep calling them, especially during times like this. Just to let them know you love them, you thinking about them, because the ones sometimes you never expect are the ones that may be hurting the most. Not all the time, but just make sure you call, folks. But I had to say that, Leo, seven years ago today and hear me and you on the phone talking about that very thing. Seven years ago today, man, 2013, April 24th. Uh, uh, you know, that, that's a powerful segue because, uh, you know, the last question I ask of all my guests, and you know this from listening to the episodes, because uh, I, I just always imagine there's, there's one person listening in who may be on the precipice of ending their life before you kill yourself. What would you say to that person? Before you kill yourself, I promise you that you matter. 
the thing that you can't see in this darkness that's uncomprehensible right now, you just can't even comprehend it. When you leave, this is going to sound cliche-ish, but it's such the truth. When you leave, the lives of those you leave are darker. I promise you that. Don't do that to yourself, but more important, and obviously, and also as more importance, the number of people that love you. You are not alone. No matter how alone you may feel, you are not alone. And with the help and support that I had to go get for myself when I was grieving, now I know all different griefs are different uh, degrees, et cetera, but I can't imagine if I would have actually listened to some of those thoughts and have actually not only entertained them, but actually took up took them up. The devastation would have caused my family. You are not alone. Don't ever forget that. Even at your darkest, you are not alone. Aaron Davis, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, listeners, for listening in. Remember, this podcast is not a substitute for going to get help, for calling uh, a therapist, a coach, call an enemy. Go, go visit, right. go visit somebody at the at the at the graveyard and and talk to the tombstone for a second. Uh, you know, call a friend, uh, a yell from the rafters, get a bullhorn. Your voice needs mm-hmm. to be heard. Your story needs to be told. Start a blog. Start journaling. Get the paper and pen out. Right. There's work to be done. There's work to get off the hands. Mm-hmm. There's work to be done. You know, I mean, I, I understand that, that the pain is real. The loneliness is real. The burden is real. But we have choices. There is, there's a space between stimulus and response. And, and, and it's in that space that there's growth, like, like Viktor Frankl said in Man's Search for mm-hmm. Meaning. And so we have, there's always space for growth and change. And we can grasp onto it. And, and, it, and if you, you're struggling with that, like I said, reach out for help. Go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours. Truly go to aarondavis.co. Uh, I'd, I'd repeat his other stuff, but it was, I mean, I, the brother just has 12 different t- Twitter. But we're going to link all of that in the show notes. We're going to link it all in the show notes. I, I'm a, there's going to be some misspellings. So, uh, but, but I appreciate you all being here. Aaron, this was, this was enlightening, brother. And, and thank you so much. Thank you, my man. We'll talk right. soon, brother. Thank all you. All right, brother. Be great. All right. All right, you too.